This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech fan number 36 with Tim, David, and a monkey. Really? A monkey? No, no monkey. Oh, don't tease me with a monkey, man. Hey, Tech Fans, I'm Tim Robertson, and this is Tech Fan. Hey, David. Hello. David Cohen, all the way from the UK, but not for long, you're you're going elsewhere. I'm going to Botswana, which, given your comment about the monkey, wasn't really fair. <laughs> oh, man, no monkey. I'm sorry, there's there's no monkey. Oh, well, well, at least I'm going to Botswana. Hopefully I can trap myself down a monkey and bring one back. You could, you so maybe pro- a couple of weeks we'll have a monkey. Because you, you know what? I want a monkey. <laughs> I want a monkey, too. I've always wanted a monkey. I don't know why. Everything, everything's better with monkeys. <laughs> Everything is better with monkeys. Let me apologize right off the bat if you guys hear loud noises. It is the 4th of July weekend here in uh, the United States, uh, celebrating our Independence Day for them from those uh, nasty Brits. And, and I, you know, I'm, I think I'm more patriotic than the average person because I don't get into all the, the faux patriotism, David. I think it's, the 4th of July is just an excuse for retard and, oh, I, uh, I know some people get offended by that word, but I don't really care. Retards blowing crap up all the time. I hate it. Cause, cause. Americans don't really do that most of the rest of the time. <laughs> no, we blow we blow up other people. <laughs> we, right. we don't okay. blow up you know stuff on the home front. Uh, I know you guys have the same problem with Boxers Day. Uh, no, it's uh, Guy Fawkes. Guy, Day. Fa- that's right. Guy Fawkes Day. Yeah, yeah. Boxers uh, Day. That's in Canada. Uh, and and you're right. I think I think the problem is is that gunpowder does tend to bring out the worst in people. Um, and uh, it does for those who who would like to enjoy something like that legitimately it does kind of spoil it when you've got kids running around your neighborhood throwing rockets at each other oh i just i you know it's if it was just one day that would be one thing but it's constant for a week before and a week after well, so. yeah it's worse than that here actually what happens is Round uh, uh, Guy Fawkes Day is fifth of November, so round about um, late summer, early autumn, the um, the fire- dedicated fireworks shops kind of spring up. Yep, you know uh, where people have just imported a whole load of stuff from China, uh, and they buy space and they just start selling them. Same thing happens from, here. Yeah, and it starts from there. And since really in the last ten years, since the millennium, when there was a lot of fireworks <laughs> at the two thousand celebrations, it really basically <coughs> peaks peaks up the 5th of November, and then it stays at a constant level all the way through till early January. Um, yeah, the, <coughs> Sorry are, about the coffee. Oh, I just took a, a drink, and it literally went down the wrong hole. Oh, dear. That's, that's not good. No, that's bad. This, this was your indignation at the fireworks. There, I, turn, I turned on my mic when I did that. Right. Okay. I also found out why my mic was so hot at the beginning of the show, because it got turned up all the way, so that's not good. That's um. Good. But in uh, here where I live, here in West Michigan, Battle Creek, we also have, on the 4th of July weekend, the uh, International Hot Air Balloon Championships, 
which is pretty cool. Uh, they don't make a lot of noise, yeah. so you know it looks really pretty. I think it started in 1980, and yeah. uh, I don't think I've ever missed one um, because you just you look up and there they are, and you don't miss it. And yeah. this year, usually we have the the U.S. Thunderbirds, but this year we have the um, oh, who is it? The the Navy Blue Angels. The Blue Angels. Yeah, and they're extremely loud, and you never know when they're going to go up for a practice run. Um, I know their main show is tomorrow, but I've already heard a couple jets this morning, so I totally expect a, a very loud F-14 or whatever the hell they're flying now to fly and buzz really low over my house during the podcast. So if you hear that, <laughs> we're not under attack. Um, yeah. Although I, I think I think now you've promised that you need to, if it doesn't happen, you need to put the sound effect in at some point, just at random. Yeah, we just and then we'll pretend that we die for cover. And, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. So we got a few topics uh, worth talking about, and uh, let's kick it off with this is this weekend is the fourth anniversary, David, of the iPhone. And I don't know, I don't care if you use an iPhone, I don't care if you hate an iPhone. There's no denying what the iPhone has done to the tech world david i i think it goes beyond the i mean it's one of those products that goes beyond the tech world um i think it has become something that everyone even if they're not interested in it even if they're not interested in phones knows what it is and and it's probably only a few years away before um iphone becomes one of those generic terms for that kind of touchscreen smartphone heck we bought a a comic book for my two and a half year old uh, the other day and it had a, a kind of a pretend um, mock smartphone on the cover for her to play with and it looked like an iPhone yep. I mean that's that's kind of how much it's penetrated the uh, the world's psyche I think certainly in the western world well you look at all the competitors out there the Android the Blackberry the whatever they all look like iPhones I mean a lot of them, yeah most of them, of them. Uh, there's only a few smartphones now that <clears throat> isn't a touchscreen interface doesn't use you know swiping and all that pinch and zoom it, it's changed the cell phone market it's changed the computer market we wouldn't have the ipad without the iphone um no. y- if you look at what hp is doing right now with their web os they're getting ready to come out with their touchpad and i think it launches this weekend actually yeah uh, and i gotta be honest i kind of would like to play with one and I've been saying this for a while, other than BlackBerry, who seems to be a colossal failure in everything that they're doing for the last year and a half, uh, HP is the only other company that controls both the software and the hardware. Thus, I think that they will be a very viable platform. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the early reviews are kind of mixed, you know, similar sort of comments to uh, the playbook, really, which is, you know, why why didn't they finish it before they sent it out? Yeah. Um, you know, some software issues. Everyone kind of says the hardware is okay, but it's not as good as the iPad. Um, the software is passable, but again, not as good as the iPad. And, and, you know, we've talked about this before. I think if you really want to compete with the iPad at this point, you have to be come out with a product that's at least 20 to 30% better or 20 to 30% cheaper. Or different. And it, yeah. I think uh, make it different is the key. I mean, you basically have a flat piece of glass between 7 and 10 inches. What can you do with an OS that's different than the iPad? Off the top of my head, I could take a, I could think of five different things that it would be good for, but it doesn't seem like these tech companies, other than Apple, are doing any kind of innovation. I mean, 
they they look at the iPad and they go, oh well, let's do that. We want a yeah. Me Too product. And but the problem is that you know history tells us that does does doesn't work, particularly when Apple has such a large slice of the market. I know there's a, there's a there's becoming a quite a big debate in the tech industry about whether there is a tablet market or whether it's actually just an iPad market. Whether actually nobody can really compete um, because you know Apple now has such share. Um, such mind share in terms of its marketing, it has the, you know the, it's far and away ahead on in terms of applications and software for the device. The, the question mark now is, you know, can anybody ever catch up? If you look at what happened in the iPod market, people for years tried to do competing products and none of them were able to compete with the iPod. Nope. And now, now they're all gone. It, it does make you wonder. Um, it's an exciting time to be covering the press as a press to covering the tech industry, though. You know, we've always got something to talk about. Well, yeah, <laughs> a lot of it's a lot of it's not great. Getting back, getting back to the iPhone. What was your first iPhone, David? I had the original one. Did you? Um, but I, I didn't. Uh, you've got to, if you remember <clears throat> the um, the first iPhone launched about seven months before uh, in the US before it launched anywhere else. Yep. So I didn't have one uh, until it it launched in Europe, um, and in fact. Uh, just trying to think now. Actually, I might, might have had one maybe a month before it launched in Europe. I think. Uh, I think you I did. I remember. remember. My, yeah, my brother brought me one back from the states. Yeah, and you were at that point. You were doing the My Mac podcast with me and Guy yeah. Searle, and I I kind of remember when you got your iPhone. Yeah, um, yeah. Now now I'm thinking about. It. I think that's the way it worked, and I've had every model ever since. I I skipped the 3G. I went from the original iPhone to the iPhone 3GS. Now we still have. Almost every iPhone we've ever owned, and I'll get into why we don't have everyone here in a minute uh, after the first break. But <clears throat> the original iPhone, I actually held off for a couple months buying it. I was just, I didn't want to switch ca- carriers. I didn't like AT&T. Everything I heard about them was not positive. They didn't have 3G in our area, so I would be restricted to Edge, which was true up until about three months ago, David. Yeah, and yeah. of course, if you remember, the first one didn't have three G on it. No, it didn't. It was just, right, just Edge. Just Edge. Yeah. And the, I, there was no subsidized price. I paid five hundred ninety nine dollars for that original iPhone. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much why I didn't jump on number one. I, I bought it late, so I didn't have the upgrade path for the three G. Mm-hmm. And I paid five ninety nine for it. Yeah. <laughs> I just I couldn't justify. Yeah. buying another iPhone that soon, you know? This, and this is, yeah, this is, I mean, this is true. I mean, these are, so the subsidies kind of skew the market, really. You don't actually realize what the real costs of these things are. But, um, you know, they're expensive pieces of technology. They really are. are cu- cutting edge. They are, but by the same token, without those subsidies, I don't think you'd have seen the adoption rate that Apple has seen with the iPhone. No. Um, I think people could justify 199 or even two ninety nine, but they cannot justify six or seven ninety nine. There's no way. Yeah, um, and isn't it isn't it funny that when it launched, it was more expensive than an iPad is now? Absolutely, but the parts were a lot harder to come by. I mean, it was a yeah. a brand new market. Everything that Apple was requesting was something brand new. No other manufacturer were using these yeah. parts. I, I and I, you know what? I I think that sometimes a lot of people miss when they criticize Apple for the price they're. Uh oh, we lost David. I hate when that happens. So we're going to pause the show here. We'll drop into a Don't break. Apple oh. Are you there, David? 
Yeah. Yeah. So we, it's, we was lo- a glitch. Oh, yeah. We, we lost you for about 10 seconds. I was going to say right. we were going to take a break, but let's go ahead. So continue, okay. sir. I was, I was just saying, I, I think people, when they criticize Apple for their pricing and say their products are fairly expensive, they don't realize how hard Apple works on optimizing their supply chain. Um, and in fact, if you look at equivalent products from uh, you know, other type of boutique manufacturers like Sony, um, you'll often find their stuff is more expensive than Apple. Um, it's because Apple is really good at optimizing their design and their supply chain to get and buying components in bulk so they can really get the prices down. Well, look so, at you know, the, the fact. Yeah, the fact that you can buy an iPhone at a subsidized price for one hundred ninety nine, it really is a, is a miracle of supply chain management as much as anything else. It is pretty impressive. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. The biggest drawback to owning a portable Mac? Not enough hard drive space. Who wants to carry an external hard drive around with you? That defeats the entire reason to own a laptop. Instead, replace that seldom used optical drive with an MCE OptiBay. With OptiBay, you can install a second hard drive in your MacBook, MacBook Pro, or heck, even a Mac Mini. Imagine two terabytes more storage in your MacBook Pro. Or heck, even one of those super fast solid state drives. With MCE's OptiBay, you could do just that. Check them out online at mcetech.com. That's M-C-E-T-E-C-H.com. And we are back. You know what, David? I was just thinking after playing that promo, we need to record some new promos for uh, the MyMac show and uh, Pocket Size Podcast and the brand new relaunch geekiest show ever. Yeah, definitely. We need to get a team of crack writers on those straight away. <laughs> so earlier in the show, David, I was talking about uh, I don't have every single iPhone I've ever owned. Uh, mm-hmm. The original iPhone is a glorified iPod Touch at this point, which is mostly used by my three-year-old. Um, right. <clears throat> which, yeah, it's a $599 phone in 2007 is being used by a three-year-old. That's well, yeah, but the thing fun. is, it won't run all the latest stuff, so that does kind of make sense, yeah. doesn't it? I bought that phone before he was born, so... Yeah. yeah. Uh, the 3GS, my wife uses, and she loves it. She uses it all day long, every day. Yeah, my wife has my old 3GS as well, and the same. My 4, uh, which I bought, what, the day it was released, uh, almost exactly a year ago, died on me, David. <sighs> I know. Was it? Was it Glassgate? Was it a cracked screen? Nope, nope. I wish. What ha- <laughs> Well, no, maybe I don't wish. What happened was on, I'm going to say, what's today? Today's Friday as we record this. I went to Apple too. On Tuesday morning, I was driving from uh, my hotel in Lombard, Illinois, down to our downtown Wall Street Chicago store. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the top button on my iPhone was kind of stiff. It just it wasn't pushing in like it usually did, and I'm unless I'm actually using it, as in looking at the screen, I almost always turn the screen off by pushing that button. It yeah. just saves battery life, and it's just a habit of mine. You know, I'll I'll do something and then I'll push that button to close the screen down. And by the time I actually sat down in my office in Chicago, that button no longer worked at all. So I set up a appointment with the Genius Bar uh, at the Michigan Avenue Apple Store uh-huh. uh, for the next day. Went down there the next day. It's a nice, you know, about a one mile walk from my store down to there. So it's about twenty minutes because it's, you know, you walk a block and then you wait for five minutes for the traffic to clear. Yeah. Um, and it's at Michigan Avenue. I don't know if you've ever been in Chicago, but the Michigan Avenue in Chicago is one of the busiest places in Chicago. I mean, there's right. just 
thousands and thousands of people. And you go into that Apple store, and it's just a, a mob scene. Yeah. So I went in, uh, sat down with the genius after waiting about 20 minutes, and uh, I told him what the problem was. And he says, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen this quite a bit. Pulls up my information and says, oh, wow. And I said, what? And he said, your warranty actually expired yesterday. <sighs> you kidding. Yep. I wish. And he said, but no problem. We'll make an exception, which was really cool of him. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it had anything to do with I was wearing my uh, my 2011 Macworld Expo shirt or not, but <laughs> he, yeah. he, he took pity on me. So he exchanged the phone and activated it right there for me, which I was grateful for, so I could have at least a telephone to use. Yeah. Uh, and then I stayed there for about 20 minutes downloading a few things via the iCloud. I downloaded some music. I downloaded some software uh, just to kind of get it back to where it's useful for me. Yeah. And it's it's it feels great having a new iPhone again. I got another year warranty out of it, of course. Um, cool. And Apple was very good about switching it out. So does that mean you probably won't be in the market for a 5? Uh if I am, it will be another hand-me-down thing where my wife will yeah. inherit my four and then I'll get a five. But yeah. I haven't decided yet. And I won't decide until I see what the five is offering. Now, I know there's a lot of rumors swirling about a September release date. Uh, I know everyone listening to the show probably realizes I work for uh, an Apple specialist. So they that may think I, that means nothing. I have absolutely <laughs> no inside information on the iPhone, or at least that I could share with anybody. I can neither confirm nor deny. Um, but I would have to see what the specs are. What what does the iPhone 5 bring to the table that I don't get with an iPhone 4 with iOS 5? So Yeah, um, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, the 4 is really is so good. It's a really it's, good it's, phone. Yeah, it's difficult to... Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I imagine they'll, they'll do some antenna redesigns to try and uh, eliminate that problem. But apart from that, it's difficult to see... What, you know what else they can add to it, and and obviously this this a year round we're kind of at we're we're at that cycle where they will um, you know they will probably just kind of revise it slightly rather than completely redesign it because the four was a complete redesign. So it'll be interesting to see, but um, maybe not such a strong, compelling upgrade path this time round. I'm I'm looking forward to finding out myself. Yeah. So. Uh, one of the things that happened to me going down to, I was on Michigan Avenue, and uh, I, I, I had my headphones on. This is before I got to Apple, and I noticed everyone was kind of pointing and laughing about something in the street. And I looked out there, and I saw a streaker, David. Wow! Yeah, something you just don't see that every day. No, yeah, you know you don't see streakers. Like I mean, it was kind of a big thing back in the eighties. Remember. Streaking was well, like a, yeah, seven, the seventies here actually. Yeah. Not, but but you see, I always associate streakers with football events. Yeah, or, so do or I. Cricket or something like that. You know, kind of a, a field where everybody's going to see you. In, in to me, I, I'd call you know streaking down the middle of a city street a little bit of a fail. Well, <laughs> but you, you got to see Michigan <laughs> Avenue before you could say that. I mean, there's a lot of people on Michigan Avenue, dude. I mean, this it's. <clears throat> think of a huge American city from the movies and you see all those people. That's what Michigan yeah. Avenue is like in Chicago. It is okay. that many people. Right. We, I think I think really to assess this instant, we need to classify the streaker because they do fall into several types. We get the, you know, the, the crazy guy looks like, you know, with a beard. No, this was or the, this was the college no? kid butt naked running down the street. 
Ah, uh, right. So this is either a college hazing or it, or he was drunk. Well, a friend of mine told me that something on Twitter that day, um, something about, um, I don't know, I, I can't explain any better than what I'm about to. They were doing this thing around Twitter where you were supposed to get on a bus, go to the next stop, at the next stop, rip all your clothes off, say you're from the future and you have to get off the bus right now and run out of the bus. And that was the same day I saw the streaker, so maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah. It was just yeah, well, I looked you know and what? I woke See, and, if that if that if that's what it is, I don't think that's a funny enough gag to worth getting banged up in the cells for twenty four hours. No, I would think that. what would have happened. I looked and my thought <laughs> banged was up naked in the cells for twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> Well, yeah, no, he was completely naked. He didn't even have socks yeah. on. I looked and I thought, Well, that just happened. <laughs> That was my thought. Well, was that he, just happened. Was was he was he booking it? Some was he moving or was he fairly slow? Uh, jogging speed. Ah, well, you see, you know that's. But there was nobody enough. chasing him. I mean, he was just <laughs> running down the street naked. Yes, yeah, but but a running naked man is only really funny if he's moving really fast. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> just in my opinion, really. Otherwise, you know, if you're just sauntering down naked, then. You know, that's that's. I don't think there's much humor in that. But running naked, I, I think you need to get the jingle going really to uh, to put the humor into it. <laughs> well, we should probably get off this uh, yeah. immediately because yeah, <laughs> it's it's tur- it's making a, a weird turn there. <laughs> okay, you want to talk about Bluetooth? I do want to talk about Bluetooth. Um, uh, this, not this not naked something- Bluetooth, just regular Bluetooth. <laughs> well. He will, I, let's not let's not put boundaries <laughs> on it. Okay. Keep your narrow-mindedness to yourself, Tim. Exactly. <laughs> you Americans, you're also prudish. We're all comfortable in our skins over here. Actually, here in England, we're not. No. <laughs> on the continent, maybe you know. Huh. But Bluetooth is uh, the name is Scandinavian, so they probably, you know sit in the sauna with their flashing blue lights in their ears and nothing else on. Uh, moving on. You know, yeah. there's an app. You know, I'm going to grab my iPad here real quick because I don't want to. I don't want to say which one it is and get it wrong. Um, and you'll get a kick out of this. Let's see. It's towards the back here. Maybe it's under news. Okay, it's called Above and Beyond. That's the name of the app. And it's got it's got these pictures, really gorgeous pictures, and it's got this narrative that you could hear. Um, as you're looking at the pictures, but you could turn off the narrative if you want to, right? So I just kind of glanced at some of the pictures on here when I first got the app, and I was like, oh, I'm going to explore this later in more detail. And my daughter asked to play with my iPad, and I was like, yeah, go ahead. So she's got it, and if you double-click it, the picture, it zooms up on it, right? All right. So she's looking at it, and she goes, ew. And I said, what? <laughs> and she goes, naked butts and i said give me that because i'm thinking maybe she launched safari and and went to a url she's not supposed to oh no it was this app and here's the commentary this is the women's section of a nude beach in israel on the shores of the dead sea i got in a lot of trouble for taking this photo i had to if you look on the left side you can see the shadow of my paragliders i flew right over the beach this is about 11 o'clock on a on a saturday morning and i was trying to get the framing and the shadow and everything just right so i did multiple passes over this beach and then after a while, I noticed that uh, I was being followed by a, a car with a large number on the roof. And then Francois uh-huh. came over the radio and told me that the police had found where he landed and they were 
they're really hot and bothered. And uh, yeah, so that that's that's and sure enough, See, it, it's a nudist dang- beach in Israel. That's dangerous because the net the, the way that story could have ended is and and then a gunship appeared and shot me out <laughs> the sky. <laughs> but you know, you don't. There, there was nothing about nudity or anything in the description of this app. It was it's just pictures, you know. And so I, I she I wants to look at cool pictures so they can, um, oh, yeah, they would, they'd, it'd be story. a heyday for them, wouldn't it? Yeah. I just thought you'd get a kick out of that because yeah, it, we were yeah. talking about nudity and I, it, that was, you know, that maybe a month ago, yeah. but it just cracked me up that she just, ew, naked butts. <laughs> and I, what are you looking at? Well, at least she told you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, anyway, Bluetooth. getting off. Getting back to Bluetooth, yeah, I was just musing on this the other day. I'm a big lover of Bluetooth. I have not I have Bluetooth in the car, um, so I get in the car and my uh, iPhone immediately connects up. I can make calls through my car. And whatever I've been listening to comes straight back on. Um, you know, some, some, sometimes uh, I'd, if you listen to, to uh, the last show we did with, with Darren Griffin, I, I, was, I recounted the story I'd heard about the, uh, the ambulance trust that... Um, you know, the phone was ringing while the while the guy was actually uh, he was trying to make a call because he was being chased by some guys and and the Bluetooth in the car was still on, so nobody could hear him because the the Bluetooth was connected <laughs> to his car and he was outside his car. Um, so you know, it's a really great technology, and I, you know, I, I I use it all the time. I have a, a little Bluetooth clip that goes on the front of my shirt. That I plug my headphones into so that I can have my phone in my pocket, my jacket. I don't have to worry about it when I'm walking around, which is you know, I I don't want to be that guy. Yes. With, you know, when I go to places like Botswana, where uh, with the white iPhone headphones on, because you know that's you just look like a mugging target, and and that's a great way of doing it. And that also means I can use nice headphones that are much better than the Apple ones, and and still make make receive calls on the phone and everything. But I I kind of I've been musing on the fact that when Bluetooth first came along, it was really hard and it was really crap. You know, you had this situation where to actually pair devices up um, and get them working. You, you it was kind a of had to, yeah. You had to wave the rubber chicken, and yep. sometimes they would work. And and certainly, what would happen is if you then turned something off and then came back to a laser, they would never reconnect, and you'd have to have to do the whole sort of thing again. Um, and kind of almost silently, it's kind of got away from all that. And now it, it's really quite reliable, and the quality is much better. The sound quality is, is much better than it used to be. You can do your music over it and everything. And well, it, like the PS3 kind of, controllers are are uh, Bluetooth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a yeah. lot of things use Bluetooth that I don't think most people even realize that yeah, the that's Wii, Bluetooth. the Wii remotes use Bluetooth as yeah. well. And, uh, uh, and it's kind of and all, ambiguous at this point, though. Well, like, this is the thing. It's all of a sudden it's kind of crept up and upon us, and uh, it's not something that people really talk about very much. But there it is, and everyone's using it all the time. And, um, you know, with the with the cell phone laws that come in, you're seeing it a lot more in the cars nowadays. Oh, yes. Because people aren't, aren't allowed to to drive with handsets to their ear, which I kind of uh, agree with. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, and uh, people are finally moving away from the the kind of geeky um, Borg like headset, which is constantly in the ear. Uh, I you know I know I know it's still sometimes a problem in the states. You don't really see that in the UK anymore. Um, uh, it's really going away here too. Yeah, when someone's wearing one of those, they really stand out now. You kind of, yeah. It's kind of like seeing a mullet. <laughs> you, you know, like a mullet, you see a mullet, and you're like, mullet, mullet, mullet. And you're like, wow, yeah. that's, he's still holding on to the mullet. It's yeah. impressive. It's, he's, I mean, I had a mullet, but it was in the 80s, you know. 
Yeah, uh, the, exactly. the Bluetooth headsets or the ear board implants. You, it, it's almost always the same kind of guy. It's an overweight guy in a suit. Seems very important to himself, and you just kind of want to smack him because you know he, <laughs> yeah. he's he's driving a Beamer and he's Mister Important and. Ugh, you're like, really, dude, take that out of your ear. You look like a tool. You really do. You look stupid. Exactly, yeah. You know? I, you know, so, I mean, uh, most of the people I know here here in the UK who have, kind don't have it fitted to the car, kind of have a visor thing with a speaker microphone in that, that Bluetooths to the uh, to the phone. Uh, and they use that for hands-free rather than um, rather than the earpiece. So do you think Bluetooth yeah. should become more ambiguous? It should penetrate more markets or do you think well i I think it will i think it is it's obviously gotten to the point now where they you know i mean this uh this clip that i bought um for for listening to music on my iphone and for taking calls was i was about 15 dollars wow um you know for this tiny little thing so it's obviously getting to the point where the the radio chipset is extremely cheap yeah which means it will start appearing in more and more places and 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 you know for more and more functions more and, of a uh, proto- protocol for communications, so your refrigerator could text your phone via Bluetooth. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you, the PS3 thing is is, an, is a good example, I think, of, of a use for it that probably wasn't envisaged when the standard was set up. Um, and and what the, you know what has developed when you first the first devices I remember they only had these there was these things called profiles that defined what you could do over the protocol. And uh, you would often get devices that could only do one or two things. You might get something that could emulate a modem or um, could send a business card to a phone or something like that, but it couldn't do anything else. It couldn't stream music. It couldn't be used to take calls. You couldn't uh, transfer data, you know, general data between them. Now pretty much everything comes with all of the profiles, which means the devices are not limited to particular functions. And I would imagine over the next few years you'll just see it um, everywhere, and it will probably get to the point you'll barely even notice the Bluetooth logo because it's on most things. I think that's a good thing, though. I really oh, do. absolutely. It's a real it's a real democratization of a technology. But what what I find interesting is we spend a lot of time in the in the tech press talking about the new latest things and the things that aren't even out yet and coming along, and sometimes we kind of forget about the stuff that's been around for a while and is becoming so mass market that even the tech press don't even think about it too often you know we're uh, and bluetooth we're, is one of those yes so. and we're approaching uh the the 10-year anniversary of 9-11 and i was yeah. thinking of what i was doing then and that of course brought me back to the technology that was red hot at the time and we've come so far in such a very short amount of time yeah in, in technology i mean G4s, I was just deploying G4s to people. Um, 500 megahertz dual processor G4s, and it was that was it. I mean, it was so powerful. Um, yeah, and, th- and that was the, in the laptops was still the um, G3. The, the G3, so that was the original toilet seat iBook and the... Um, uh, I had black- a Lombard. I had the Lombard yeah. at the time. All right, okay. And the, and the um, yeah, the black, black uh, power books. Yep. The, you know, but um, in some those respect, they're really dogs. ancient now. Yeah, they are. I still have mine, actually. But, uh, the, but the funny thing is, what we were doing with those machines isn't too far away from what we're doing now. Uh, the difference is so many more people have it now, and the computers are so much faster. The information is out there so much quicker. Could you imagine 9-11 in the Twitter world? 
what that would yeah. have been like or with Facebook. Um, you know, a lot of these technologies just didn't exist when that event happened. And yeah. it, it's kind of, to me, important to look back and see how far we've come. Not just, you know, in the war and terror and all that crap, but the actual the technology where the human race has moved to in really a short amount of time. In in twenty in two thousand and one, not everybody had broadband. It was still kind of a new thing for a lot of people. That's right, yeah. Now yeah. we have wireless communications on our telephone using a three G and soon four G networks that are just blazingly fast compared to ten years ago. Now I mean obviously when you when you talk about social media and Twitter and that sort of thing, um obviously the first thing people think about is the reporting of the event. Yep. The um, the fact that, that obviously, you know, nowadays when something like that happens, immediately you get streamed video live from the scene, you get uh, people tweeting about what exactly is going on in front of them, you get pictures. It's very difficult to keep a lid on that, you know, and when Egypt's um, kind of um, Arab Spring first erupted, the, the, their only solution to that was to literally disconnect themselves from the internet. Yeah. But, but I th- turn that on its head. Look at 9-11 as, as what happened and the way it played out that day. One of the reasons it happened was because nobody knew that this plot was being put together. Even though the information was actually in the right people's hands, there have been reports to the FBI of guys who were training to fly but weren't learning to land. There was... Um, there was suspicious activity at the airports during the hijackings. Obviously, people were, make, were trying to make calls during the actual hijackings as well. Now, in a world where we have smartphones and Twitter and GPS and everything like that, I would suggest that that, that attack would have, would have played out very, very differently because the people actually involved in it, either on the aircraft or before the aircraft were hijacked or the people who plotted it, probably wouldn't have been able to get away with it as easily as they did just because of the much more general spread of information between members of the public and, and law enforcement and everything else nowadays than, than you had 10 years ago. I'd agree with you. I think it would have played out a lot differently. Then again, um, I don't think that tactic would work again because if you know you're on a plane with terrorists and you know their ultimate goal is to crash it into something and that you're going to die, you're going to attack the terrorists. What's, you have nothing to lose. That's right. And Whereas that's, that wasn't that's the case. That's actually what happened on one yes. of the planes, wasn't yes. it? You know? Yep. Uh, um, one of the four, the, the the passengers rebelled and they went after the attackers, the, the terrorists. Yeah. Um, or so we've been told. Um, but I think that that would have happened on all four of the planes, but only because of what happened on that day. But yeah. I think you're right, though. They The spread of information is when, when Osama bin Laden was killed. I first learned about it because of Twitter. We were sitting there watching a movie, my wife and I, on the Apple TV. And I happened to have my iPhone sitting next to me, and I just happened to update my Twitter, and I saw this whole thing about Osama bin Laden, and I thought, what's going on? So I said, we need to stop watching this. We need to go to CNN. Something's going on with Osama bin Laden. And, of course, we sat there riveted to the TV for the next 45 minutes until the president came on and confirmed it. So it was because of Twitter that I learned it. Now, obviously, I would have learned it regardless, but it was the thing that kind of pushed me into that direction. It was like, oh, look. And I got to say, Twitter held up great under that stress because it, I don't remember if you know, you were on Twitter that day. It was 
it was rock solid. It never went down, and the tweets were just fast and furious yeah, because of the because of the timing. The the actual incident happened during the night for us. So actually, I, we woke up in the morning and found out via the TV. But when Michael Jackson died, yeah, um, my wife was actually at a restaurant with some friends. I was at home. I was actually watching Sky News because um, I have that on a lot. That's you know our, our British equivalent of, of CNN. CNN. We don't, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and. Um, she knew about it in her restaurant having a meal because of, of social media before I did. And I was watching the live news channel. She called me from the restaurant. It's amazing. Said, They're saying here that Michael Jackson has died. And uh, literally within sort of 30, 40 seconds of her making that call to me and me saying, well, I'm watching these, there's nothing on about it, it then came up on the news as breaking news. It's amazing. And that's literally how, how spread. And it was only about... 25 minutes after he'd, uh, after they'd found out from the hospital. And it was all over the world that quick. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. We live in a different world than we did 10 years ago, David, no question. We do. And I like this world better. Yeah, I think, you know, like, like I mean, technology is always agnostic, and there are good things and bad things, but the good things are pretty good. I think the good things right now are far outweighing the negative aspects. I really yeah. do. Um, yeah. And but maybe it's because I'm optimistic in that I think the more knowledge is out there and the more people know of what's going on, um, usually that results in a positive change. Yeah, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the um, the whittering and the twistering is is not so pleasant, and I think we're going to talk about that. We are. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and uh, and talk about entitlements and. Uh, is there just a lot of overblown noise going on right now? Yeah. Looking for in-depth coverage of the Mac universe? How about hard-hitting interviews with industry leaders with all the questions you want to ask? Or detailed product reviews for programs costing thousands of dollars? Then you should definitely find something other than the MyMac.com podcast. The MyMac.com podcast is a show for every Mac user. Fun, entertaining, with news, reviews, and interviews with people just like you who want more from a podcast than just talking heads. Find us on iTunes by doing a search for my Mac and get ready for a good time. I used to like talking heads. And we're back from our last break, last segment of the show. And uh, so, David, one of the things that you wanted to talk about um, is kind of the noise out there in the tech press and what's yeah. going on. I, 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 it's something that, that's concerned me for some time is... is kind of the way media in general and tech press is a is a particular example of this but it's not the only one by any stretch of the imagination the way the media the media is is this kind of relates to what we were talking about before the break the way the media can sometimes skew and and overplay one particular facet of a story um this i mean we've just had the pretty pretty poor debacle of the final cut pro 10 launch yep um and there's you know there's been the, the reaction to it has been amazing and amazingly bad in a lot of respects. It's not been well received, I think it's fair to say, by the uh, professional video editing community. I think that's putting it mildly. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they really have not, um, they really see that, that this new product is deficient uh, in terms of what they feel they need to do their jobs. And some of them feel pretty um, aggravated by the fact that they've invested in hardware and training and rigs for Final Cut Pro 7. And this new version, it kind of blows a lot of that away. Um, and of course, the flip side to that is that the, the, pro, the 
the product is much faster than it used to be, it's much more intuitive than it used to be, and it's much cheaper than it used to be. But, but kind of what has, what has amazed me is how quickly the debate moved away from the feature set and what you could... Uh, certainly, well, I, I don't think anybody's ever really talked about what you can and can't do with this version compared to the old version. Oh, yeah, there's and been a lot of that. Yeah, but, but it, it's been fairly high level. Uh, but, but it very quickly transitioned into threats, petitions, um, uh, statements from competitors saying, hey, come and buy our product. Really kind of a, the whole thing had a very pretty nasty, unpleasant tone to it to me. And, and to me, I, I, I didn't understand whether the issue deserves that. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a piece of software. It's a, it's a video editor. Yes, you know, but. Yes, but. Um, now, obviously, I've got a working relationship with Apple. Yeah. Um, but from my perspective, and obviously, I have to uh, I have to be mindful of what I say. Yeah. There's a lot of people who use Final Cut Pro professionally, and they are not happy. They literally cannot use this software in a professional setting. Yeah. Uh, Apple left out way too much stuff and they, it almost seems like it, obviously it's a relaunch, but the way they, they launched this product in a lot of people's opinion, uh, was absolutely the wrong way to do it. They should have launched this and said, you know, this is eventually going to replace final cut pro seven. We're still going to support final cut pro seven. We're still going to support final cut server, but in 20, I don't know, 14, it's going to go away and it's going to be replaced by this. This is not ready for prime time professional editing. We're going to be updating it a couple times before we feel it's really there, but we wanted to give you guys access to it now so you can start getting used to it. That would have been the way to go in a lot of people's opinions. I completely agree with you. I don't don't think Apple has... I I think they've tried to do their, you know, slash and burn thing the way they did with the uh, with the floppy drive and and, and iMovie uh, PC and, and all yeah. of that sort of thing. Yeah, this is this is very much kind of their style and and I agree with you. I think they could have um they could have put more effort into mollifying or anticipating the need to mollify their professional community. But the problem is the discussion you and I have just had about that really has been a very small part of the overall discussion and instead there has been this constant drive towards um you know demands apple must apple must apple I, i'm sorry apple can do what it wants if it decides to torpedo a whole section of its professional market that is its right to do that yes you can be upset about it but you can't demand that apple does this that or the other you can't demand of any company that sells you products that they must meet your personal requirements whatever those might be. You can ask them, you can express your disappointment that they haven't done so, but you can't demand because at the end of the day, in the the world we live in, you as a consumer, the only power you have is to, you can engage with your supplier, you can have a conversation about that in a mature and and non-judgmental way, and then ultimately the supplier will respond to that or not, and then your ultimate sanction is to whether to buy or not. The difference is that you get very little of that sort of discussion, and you get much more of the Apple must, the threats, the, uh, you know, that there have been 
I, I've seen stuff on Twitter where where some of the language used has been has been pretty ripe in terms of the threatening, you know. And um, uh, really, I just I, I just don't understand. It's too much. It's too overblown. It's too lacking in perspective. If you go out and buy a car, and you find that it doesn't do something, the next model then comes out and it does something better than the one you've got and you really wish you had that feature, you don't go back to the dealership and say, you must give me a refund, you must give me the new, you must make my car like the new one. You know, you unless there's something that, that materially impacts your safety or something like that or breaches a law, you don't have a right to do that apart from expressing some dissatisfaction. And and we, we've moved so far away from that and now every single time somebody is unhappy with a product um, that you get you get people commenting in this way where um, it's it's incredibly incredibly uh, insulting and threatening and angry and so lacking in perspective and um you know all this invective gets thrown around and it doesn't really help because i'm sure apple would respond much better to people who've got a problem with final cut pro 10 if they actually went through the normal (laughs) channels that final cut pro um users do to engage with apple rather than making threats and and turning their back on it and um sending in petitions and saying apple must make it open source and all of this sort of stuff you know, and, and the yeah. whole debate about the products is is lost in all of that because it then becomes about you know who's going to be the fir- who's going to launch the first class action lawsuit, who's going to have the biggest petition, you know who's got the most comments on their blog, who's got um, you know the uh, the most the most adequate response to it or not? What do the pundits say? What does you know what does the mainstream media say? You know it's been joked about on Conan. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? And not, uh, the actual material of the argument is just drowned out in all of that. That's true. I agree with everything yeah. you said, but yeah, it is you know, what it I, is. I mean, I mean, uh, my perspective on the actual issue is that Final Cut Pro Seven is it didn't it didn't vaporize the instant that 10 hit the app store it's still there presumably it's as good as it ever was apple does have some questions to ask her about how it's going to be support and i know i know some people will be going oh well you can't buy it anymore so what do i need to do if i need to buy more workstations and this sort of thing and i'm you know my response to that is use the copies you've got i mean there's no drm on it or anything yes there is if apple it does it have a dongle no or but you can't it, you can't have it on the same it's a serial key, but you can't install it on another computer on the same network. It'll see it, and and it won't work. So they do oh. have a valid, valid argument there. So, in right. that, okay. You know, but you're I, not going to get Apple to respond to that by um, with petitions and class action lawsuits. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, you, you might. They might respond. They'll, they'll they'll respond in a legal way. It'll take them three years. Um, Apple doesn't do anything uh, overnight. So no. You know, well, whatever they're going to was... do with Final Cut Pro, I, it, we're not going to yeah. know for another month. No, but the point is they will respond because they always respond. You know, with the antenna issue on the iPhone, they responded. Uh, Mobile Me, they responded. You know, and they are, uh, unlike many companies, they are pretty good when they when they think they've got something wrong, actually holding up their hand and saying, you know what, we, we could have done better and this is how we're going to try and make it right, which a lot of companies just ignore all of that. But the point is everybody knows they don't do it straight away and the product's not been out two weeks yet, has it? Of course, some, people, some people then will take umbrage when Apple does admit a mistake. Prime example, Gaz on the latest, the last two MyMac podcasts and that he takes umbrage with the fact that Steve Jobs says, 
Mobile Me wasn't their finest hour, and he loves Mobile Me. He's really ticked off that Apple's canceling it. And, yeah. you know, so I understand where he's coming from, but by the same token, it's like, I, I personally, from from my personal experience with Mobile Me, it totally was not worth 100 bucks a year. Um, the, the product was getting worse over time, and yeah. for the most users, it just wasn't worth it. So yeah, I I had it in the first year and and I cancelled it. I didn't renew because it wasn't performing well enough. I think now three years three years on, it probably is performing well enough, but the PR damage is done. Yep, yeah, and that's why it's, that's why it's had to be relaunched. Yep, um, and and obviously Apple's used that opportunity to focus it in a different area into something rather than being a generic service. It's used as a, as a service to sync between um, between their devices, which means certain aspects of it, like um, the photo publishing and the um, and the web publishing, just don't make sense for it anymore. So they've jettisoned that. But having said that, the product is now not paid for. So, you, you know, you take the rough with the smooth, really, and um, you always have the right to move on to other things if they don't if they don't fit your needs. And you can but never, I, and kind of like, and this is how we could tie Final Cut Pro with Mobile Me. Yeah, I understand there's a lot of people out there that was probably using iWeb to push websites up to MobileMe, and that's how they were creating their website. Just like there's a lot of people that's using Final Cut Pro 7, professionally or otherwise, to create their video projects. But things change. You cannot always count on something like that staying the same forever. That's exactly. not in Apple's best interest or any company's best interest. They have no, to I, change and grow and adapt to the times. I was there when 3Com um, closed down their entire networking business. Their entire enterprise networking business, they shut it down. Um, so, you know, I had clients who had hundreds of thousands of pounds invested in, in you know, their high-end networking stuff that was running their data centers and their networks and that sort of thing. And 3Com literally over, virtually overnight said, you know what, we are not doing this anymore. Yep. Um, we don't support these products anymore. Um, except for uh, legacy purposes. You can't buy any new ones. You can't buy any parts or upgrades and everything. They just killed the whole thing off. A lot of people were, you know, people were more legit- had more legitimate reasons to be upset there in terms of their investment and that sort of thing. But, you know, that was 3Com's prerogative to do. And people moved no, on. Exactly. And now, you know, people use other products and, and uh, they've done that. And again, I said to some clients at the time, I said, Right, so you're, you're losing some elements of support and you can't buy any, any new stuff, so you'll need to transition to something else. But I said the network you have today will continue to work. It won't get turned off. That's right. Uh, and that, you know, but that's not true with mobile me. <laughs> well, look, well, the thing mobile is, me is, is going it, to go it is, away. It is still working today. They, they have at least with that one given people time to transition. Away that's to true. Things. They have so. said it, at this date it's going away, so you have time to transition. And to be quite honest, yeah, maybe... WordPress isn't the answer. Maybe for a lot of people, maybe iWeb was a better solution, but it is what it is. There's other solutions for every single thing that you were using MobileMe for, um, paid well, solutions even, or even otherwise. Even if you're using iWeb, you can host that somewhere else. Yep, absolutely. Doesn't, you know, the, the site itself can be hosted anywhere. Yep. So it's only the hosting service going away. Now, admittedly, iWeb doesn't appear to be being developed very much. No, and who knows um, if it's going to work underlying at all. Yeah, I, I think if that would, people will have right a perfectly valid right to complain if when Line comes out, iWeb doesn't run under it because again, that would be a very aggressive, very fast transition. Yes. Um, but again, I hope if if that is the case, people complain in a legitimate, mm-hmm. measured, 
and um, intelligent manner rather than immediately calling up the lawyer trying to get a class action lawsuit organized. That's right. Be a, be a gaz. <laughs> don't be a, a, a blowhard. Exactly. Because I will say that Gaz's response was very measured and intelligent, and I totally understood where he was coming from. I didn't agree with everything, yeah. but I totally got it, and you know, I, I may disagree, but he wasn't like, oh, this is BS and blah, 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 and we, yeah. I'm going to petition Apple. I, yeah, no, I have he wasn't a right. Like that. Yeah, yeah, there was none of that. He was just displeased with the with what Apple decided to do. And for that, absolutely. You could totally absolutely. be displeased. Yeah, in, and, and again, in terms of the perspective, you know, human rights come down to a right not to get shot in the street for um, uh, for objecting to what your government does. Yep. You know, those are the important human rights, the right to an education, the right to clean water and healthcare and that sort of thing. Um, the, the right to get... And that the next version of of a piece of software or a service to do what you personally wanted to do that ain't a right. No, no. And it would be nice if if some of these online pundits would get a little perspective. If they put this much effort and and will into some of the real problems of the world, I think we'd live in a much better world. Yeah. I mean. Imagine if all the ink that Final Cut Pro X got this last two weeks. If that went instead to, oh, I don't know, Bafuana, <laughs> you, you know, that way you might not yeah. get shot when you're there. <laughs> um, to anybody, any of our listeners who live in Botswana, let me stress perfectly well that I do not think I'm going to get shot there. I don't think you will either. But I've heard it's a lot. I've generally heard it's a lovely, lovely place. So you're going to be there for one week or two weeks? No, I'm going to be there for nearly two weeks. And so I found out. Found out yesterday that instead of coming back next Friday, which is what I was expected to do, that I'd have to stay the weekend and come back the following Wednesday. So, so you uh, won't be here for the next podcast. Uh, well, there you... is there is apparently Wi-Fi in the hotel. Yeah, we'll so, see. Uh, we we can maybe we can give it a shot. I'll take uh, I'll take a mic and, and headset with me, and obviously I'll have a computer, so we can give it a shot. But um, you know, I, I, hotel Wi-Fi is always a bit of a crapshoot. So, um, you're telling me. Yeah. Having said that, you know it is Africa, so you don't get the same um, volume of business people sat in a hotel every night using the internet. So it actually might be better than, than your average hotel. Yeah, I just don't know at this stage. We'll Until find out, out next there. week then. Yeah. Exactly. So, David, I appreciate uh, you spending some time with me this week. Um, you know, I think the last show that you did was fantastic. I really enjoyed listening to it. I actually listened to it on the way to Chicago uh, yeah. at the beginning of this week. Really enjoyed it. It was a great Darren, show. Darren was a lot of fun, and uh, it was really enjoyable talking to him. And And it was good to, you know, talk about something that we don't often talk about, you know, talk about a completely different area of technology. That was, that was very interesting. Yeah, that's what got me. It's uh, GPS is just so ambiguous now that I don't even think about it. And, and to listen to the discussion you guys had was very interesting. So thanks for the show, man. I really enjoyed it. That's all right. It's my pleasure. And thanks to Darren again. I know he's listening. So thanks for coming on, Darren. You were really good. Yeah, you were real good. In fact, Darren, if, if you ever want to start up a GPS-like podcast, let me know. There's more room in the MyMac Podcasting Network for more shows. Speaking so, of which, I've just been listening to uh, Geekiest Show Ever, and... Uh, Man, those guys are blowing it out of the park. They they're doing a really good job. I'm uh, I'm very pleased that they took over the show. Now, obviously, yeah. uh, I 
Geekiest Show Ever was originally designed for us to ha- have a forum to talk about non-Mac stuff at the time. Yeah. Um, and then it morphed into Chad Perry and I doing the show. We're still going to do it occasionally, but um, no, I'm I'm really enjoying listening to it. They're doing a great job. And you could see yeah. that they're the youngest podcasters we have on the network. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and I like that a lot. So if there's a, other people out there interested in podcasting, uh, let me know. And uh, we'll see what we can do. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of David and I, you can send us an email at feedback at mymac.com. You can also call our phone number and leave a voice message. We'll play it here on the show. The number is 1-801-938-5559. Once again, write it on the dust, dust on your desktop, or dust on your dashboard. Boy, you think I could speak <laughs> after all these years, you know. Uh, 1-801-938-5559. If you want to find us on Twitter, I am slash MyMac, or at MyMac. And, uh, and David, I'm at, at David B. Cohen. Now, one of the cool things is Guy and Gas had created a Facebook page for the MyMac podcast, but I've also been posting other podcasts from the network on there as well. So check us out on Facebook. It's Facebook slash my Mac podcast. It would have been it would have been just My Mac, but I'd already grabbed that one a couple years ago. <laughs> so if you go to Facebook slash My Mac, that's me. If you go to slash My Mac podcast, that's the My Mac podcast. So with that, David, I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I know you've got stuff to do today. I've got to go out and uh, water my grass so stray bottle rockets don't light it on fire. <laughs> and we'll be back hopefully with David in a week if not it'll probably be just me and if uh, unless I can find someone else to do the show with me um, you know I know you've done a solo show here and there David and I haven't done a solo on Tech Fan yet um, more than capable of it as you all know it's just I like the discussion I like talking with people yeah. um, but one way or another we will have a show next week we won't skip a week like we did last week which was totally my fault so We'll see everyone in a week. 